Well, when you think of a code word, you know, I think about a lot of things. Uh, there was some, I think maybe Penelope Pitstop or something a long time ago in a show that I used to watch, there was a code word. And I think she used to say something like open sesame. And if you knew that code word, then some rock door cave would, would open up code words. Uh, you know, some people, uh, they have movies about genies in a bottle and you need to say a certain code word in order for the genie to come out of the Bible. I mean, out of the, out of the bottle, uh, you have to use code words with all of our accounts and things online. Now we have certain passwords. You have to put in the right password. And if you put in the right password, something will happen. If you put in the wrong password, then you won't be able to get in. And if you put in the wrong password enough times, then it'll reject you. Uh, in that way. So, so there's access, there's a certain word that needs to be said. Some of our uh, phones and smart devices and things now are, um, are voice, are voice activated. So it'll respond to your voice. Some devices have face ID. So when they see your face, then the device will unlock and open. Uh, but we are in an age and a time of passcodes, passwords, code words. Uh, sometimes when you set up your utilities account or your cell phone account, when you call in, they'll ask you for the four digit pin uh, that you put on your account. You have to give them that pin and they'll give you access to your account, your ATM machines that you go to, automatic tellers, you go and even though you have your card, when you put your card in, you still have to put in a four digit pin in order to get access. So I just want your mind to be thinking code words that there's, there's something that's said something that's entered, something that is uh, utilized so that you gain access to something. You get access to a new realm when you use this code word, this code pin. Well, when it comes to the message of the gospel, there are code words. There are certain words that have to be said. They have to be said. There's no option in it. They've been modeled, but there are certain words. If, if somebody is going to come to Christ, there are certain words that have to be said. If someone is going to reject the gospel truly, there are certain words that have to be said. If someone is going to be indifferent to the gospel, there are certain words that have to be said. There are certain words, there are code words, there are certain words that have to be said. And, and what I want to do for a few moments, we're going to go through a lot of scriptures. And as I was going through these, I said, well, maybe it'll be better if I just put them on the screen so we don't lose anybody because of the significance and how many scriptures we need to go through and, and how they're kind of all over the place. I could have organized them, but I, I think you could maybe, you could jot them down and just look at them on the screen. I think that would be a better use of your time is to just write down the scriptures and then just look at them on the screen. So I, I want you to know, you know, as we go out and we begin evangelizing, there's a message that people need to hear. You, you may not be sharing that message at the time that you invite them, but there's a message that they need to hear. And this message is recorded for us in scripture, the message of the gospel. I want to start you off with Romans. You can go there in your Bible. Go to Romans chapter one, Romans chapter one. And when you get to Romans chapter one, 
I want you to go to verse number 16. And let's all read together Romans chapter 1, verse number 16. Let's read that together. Here, Romans 1.16, everybody there? Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to first the Jew and also to the Greek. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why is Paul not ashamed of the gospel? Why is he not ashamed of the gospel message? Because it is the power of God for salvation. He's not ashamed of it because it's that message that God uses to bring about salvation. So I just want you to see this message, to see what the message is so you can know it, because it is the, the code words. It's the code words that are necessary for us to be able to effectively evangelize. When we bring someone into uh, our fellowship, there's a certain message that we have to make sure that they hear. It may not be when you're first inviting them, but it has to take place. All right, so here we go. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Acts 3, 19. Listen to these words. All of these are from the English Standard Version. Repent. Repent means to turn from your sin and turn to God. Right? Turn from sin. So turning from sin, turning to God. Repent, therefore, and turn again that your sins may be blotted out. Someone has to hear that message. Turn, repent, turn from your sins. That's the gospel message. The gospel message is repent and return from your sins. Uh, people don't like that message, but that's the message. That's the code word. Someone has to hear that. The, the gospel message, you can't just tell someone that God loves you because you won't find that as the only message that is shared in the scriptures. That's not the message that's being proclaimed. It's repentance. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. From that time, so Jesus comes onto the scene early in Matthew, and he begins to preach the gospel. He's preaching the gospel, and what is he saying? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. This is the message. This, these are the code words. This is what a soul has to hear to either reject the gospel, be indifferent to it to where it just doesn't matter, or to actually accept and believe and come to follow and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. This is, this is the message. This is the message where regeneration takes place. What Brother Joe and Brother Rod have been teaching on for several months, this is how that happens. This is how a person is, is born again, is that they, when they hear the message of repent, when they hear the message of turn from your sins, turn to God, those that the Lord has elected, turn. Second Peter, look at this. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that you should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. 
And Peter said to them, here he's preaching now, after the, the day of Pentecost, he's preaching to them. Here's, here's Peter after he is filled with the Holy Spirit. And all are gathered around in Jerusalem. Here's where Peter preaches. He gets up to proclaim the gospel. And he says to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is how God will release his spirit to indwell in a person is after hearing these words and believing these words and turning from sin and turning towards him. Acts chapter 17, verse number 20, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Look at second Chronicles. Some would say, well, that's a New Testament thing, you know? No, it's not. This is a, this is a principle that's seen all throughout Scripture. 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and what? Turn, turn from their wicked ways, turn from their wicked ways and seek the face of God then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Matthew chapter three, verse number eight, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. The fruit, the ultimate fruit of the Christian life is a life of repentance, not a life of holding grudges, not a life of being angry, not a life of being unforgiving, not a life of that, a life of constant repentance. That's showing the evidence of the new birth is a person's ability to willingly, joyfully, continually repent. Did you know that? Did you know that that's the fruit and the evidence of the new birth and the new life? Is a willingness, Lord, show me my heart, show me my sin, show me my ways so I can turn from it because you've given me the power to turn. That's the message. Romans 2, 4. Or do you presume on the riches? of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. That's a powerful passage. I don't have time to go into it. Scripture right there. That's, I don't have a, a time. Look at the words. I'll do the best I can. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and on forbearance and patience? In other words, a lot of people just put all their focus on the fact that God has not brought any consequences upon my disobedience. I've been still living in this sin. I've been still engaging in it. He must be okay with it. He must be all right with me living this way because he's still been kind to me. He's still been long suffering with me. He's still been patient with me. Even though he's been so patient, he's so loving, he's so kind. Some have presumed on the riches, the abundance of his love and his kindness, not understanding that he's being so loving, that he's being so kind, that he's being so patient. You see what the scripture says? You're looking at it in your scripture, in your Bible? Not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. You'll see that? That's, that's it. God is kind. God is loving. God is patient. For what purpose? To lead us to repentance. Acts eleven eighteen. When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads 
to life. Luke 13, 3, no, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Luke 5, 32, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Revelation 2, 5, therefore, remember from where you've fallen, repent and do the first works you did. Proverbs 28, Old Testament again, Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes, repents, will obtain mercy. Acts 5.31, God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior. For what purpose? To give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Mark 1.15, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Revelation 3.19, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Luke 15, 7, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need repentance. 2 Timothy 2, 25. I got to go back to Luke 15, 7. One sinner who actually turns, then 99 people who just say, I need to repent. Oh, I need to, I need to, I need to do right by the Lord. I need to do this. I really need to. I need to get my act together. I need to turn away from my sin. I know I need to do it. I know I'm wrong. I know I'm doing this. Heaven rejoices over the one who does it. Second Timothy 2 25, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them a repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. Where there's no repentance, there's no knowledge of truth. There's confusion. The more repentance there is, the more knowledge of truth will be obtained by the repenter. Matthew chapter 3, verse number 2. Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. 2 Corinthians 7.10, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Luke 24.47, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Isaiah, Old Testament, chapter 30, verse number 15, for thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. You see that? In returning and rest, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you were unwilling. You see that? You were unwilling to turn and rest. Come to me, all ye who heavy, are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. He says here, but you were unwilling to turn from your sin and turn towards the rest that comes in the Savior. Acts 26, verse number 20. But declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. When someone repents, their deeds, their actions, their choices will keep in line with repentance. Acts chapter 20, verse 21, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 21 through 23, but if a wicked person 
turns away from all his sins that he has committed and keeps all my statutes and does what is just and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of the transgressions that he has committed shall be remembered against him. For the righteous that he has done, he shall live. Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord, and not rather that he should turn from his way and live. I don't care if you go to Old Testament or New Testament, wherever you go in the Bible, you see the message of the gospel. The message is repentance. Turn from the way you live. Turn from the way you are. Turn from the way you think. Turn from the way you treat people. Turn from the way you treat yourself. Turn from everything. Turn from your way of life and turn to God's way of life. And the fact that you can do it or have the ability to do it or the desire to do it expresses whether the new birth has truly taken place. I could go on and on and on and on and on. Hopefully I've done enough justice here. I could continue to go on and on. Do you all see that the message that God is proclaiming through the scriptures is an actual physical turning away from a certain way of living and a turning to God? It is an invitation. When we invite people to come to Jesus, we're inviting them to turn away from sin and turn to God. When we invite people to come to church, we're inviting them to turn away from the life they're living and to come to serve the true and living God. Everything we do, the message of what we do is about repentance. The more we understand that message and the more we begin to repent, the stronger our witness becomes and the more of the power of God's salvation we begin to see manifested in us. Did you know that every time you repent and turn from a sin and turn to God, turn from a choice that is sinful and turn to a choice that is right? that every time you do that, you allow a little more of the power of God to transform your life for his glory, that your testimony gets stronger through your repentance, that your testimony gets weaker if you're unwilling to repent, that the very people you are looking to witness to, to share the gospel with, are reliant upon partially your repentance to strengthen your witness. Uh, that's what people have to hear. In, in today's weak evangelism, these are things people don't want to tell people about. They don't want to tell them that you're going to have to live differently. You're going to have to think differently. You're going to have to leave your current way of life. You're going to have to live as a slave to Christ. You're going to have to live, think, do, prioritize differently. You're not going to be able to be the same person you were. You're going to have to start working towards becoming more and more Christ-like. That's the Christian life. It's a cross to bear. It's difficult. But there's nothing more joyful. <laughs> There's nothing more joyful. When, when, when the unbeliever hears this message, 
they say, what a miserable sounding life. That sounds awful to just give up your life and follow Christ. It's because they haven't experienced the new birth. They couldn't possibly see it any other way than what the Bible says. They see it as foolishness, but it is life and life more abundantly. You would have to kill me to make me go back into the way I lived previously because I was living in death. I was living in condemnation. I was living in the ways of the world and the doctrines of demons and, and all of those kinds of things. I was living in that way. There's no way with how the Lord has opened my eyes that I would want to go back to what I believe one time was a happy life was a great life. What I viewed as a great life now, I view as poison, toxic, yes, condemning, blasphemy. You can't see that until you have something to relate it to. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good good. I love the song. Brother Joe sings it from week to week. Sometimes when we come together, he lives. I, I love the words because uh, someone, people can have many questions about this and, and that. And well, what about this? Or what about this? And how about this? And how do you know this? And how are we sure about this? And this and that and everything else. And how can we trust that the Bible is true? And how can we know who's a true teacher? Who's a not? How can we know? You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. I'm not telling you about just what I read. I'm not just telling you about what somebody told me. I'm not telling you about what I searched out in the library. I'm not telling you about any of that. I'm telling you about what has been done in my life. I am a witness. A witness is not someone that heard something from someone else. <laughs> a witness is someone that has had a personal experience, had a personal encounter and has evidence to say that I know he lives. Amen. And living within my heart. Capital One has a commercial they've been running with Samuel Jackson. What's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? I got a new commercial. What's in your heart? what's what's in your heart you, you may have seen it come out today you may have seen it come out tonight what's in your heart what's in your heart right now what do you see there what's bubbling what's what's anger is anger there is rage there is confusion there is despair there is lust there what's there right now that's the holy spirit knocking on your door saying yep you need me to come in there. Yeah. You need me to come in there and begin to, through the washing of the word, clean all of that junk and rotten poison and corruption and depravity out of there to clean all of that pride out of your heart. The nasty words you say and then in one sentence, and then proclaim that you are a Christian in another sentence. All that needs to be washed out. The Holy Spirit is knock, 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 knock. 
little pig, little pig, let me in. Amen. To make it simple, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, 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 knock. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. 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 Praise power of God. That's our message. That's, that's what we proclaim. That's what our testimonies that we placed on our website show that, that we have been sinners saved by grace that we had to turn from our lives, turn from our sin and turn to God. And we still are turning from our sin every single day, every moment of every single day we are working and we're looking, God, show us our sin so we can turn from it. We are being healed by having the poison and the power of sin removed from our hearts. We're being healed. The surgery is taking place through repentance. This is the message that we proclaim. Repentance of sin in exchange for forgiveness. It's an exchange. Has the Lord knocked on your heart tonight? How loud is the knock? Will you keep the door closed? Will you say, no, Lord, don't come in here tonight? Because the Bible says in the day that you hear his voice, Harden not your heart like in the day of the rebellion. Have you heard his voice? Have you heard his voice? Repent. Repent. Pray the Lord will grant you repentance. To turn and to live as he's called you to live. This is the message of the gospel. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. This is our message. This is a glorious message. This is a joyful message. This is a wonderful message. This is a magnificent message. This is an incredible message. This is a true message. This is the most significant message. This is the only message. This is the message. Paul said, I've determined to know nothing else among you except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's our message. This is the message that all hearts need to hear so then they can have the opportunity to either reject it, to say, I don't care one way or the other, or to be transformed and regenerated in Christ Jesus. I'm not ashamed. Anyone else not ashamed? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this message, Lord, this glorious message, Lord, 
no matter how many times I hear this message and, and review these scriptures in this context, Lord, this is power, Lord. There is not a heart that is filled with your spirit, that is not filled with joy and gratefulness over this message that's being preached, Lord. We can rest assured that hatred towards this message is evidence that there's been no new birth and there's been no regeneration, but there can be as you knock on the door someone can repent. Someone will turn. Someone will say, Lord, transform my heart. Remove this rebellion. Remove it. It comes out in my marriage. It comes out in my relationships. It comes out everywhere. If I don't get it removed, it's going to destroy everything. This rebellion, I can't remove it. I can't get it out of me. If someone tonight can see that, Lord, I pray that you would open their eyes and I pray, Lord, that they would say, I repent. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Make me steadfast and immovable. Make me into a new creation and let these old things pass away. I pray that someone tonight hears that message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Repent. Amen. Repent. 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 What glorious words they are to the saved soul. What glorious words they are to the one coming to Jesus. but what condemning words they are to the one holding on to their rebellion, holding on to their misery, holding on to their grudges. And in the face of this kind of preaching, it is so difficult because they feel the anger, they feel the hostility, they feel the frustration, they feel it. And no matter what, they can't let it go. Repent! For the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, repent, repent. Not ashamed. It is the power of God unto salvation.